Grab Podcast. To what do I owe the extreme pleasure of this surprise? Episode number six. So today we're going to be joined by Mark Hines, who's a founder and creator of the Subculture Zine, which features some of the best printed content out there on British subcultures and other street style scenes. Let's get this podcast going then. Hello, Mark. Hi, Craig. How are you doing, man? You all right? Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for coming on, really, because I know initially uh, when I asked you, I was a little bit apprehensive about uh, coming on, and then I obviously said to you that, well, every time I press this record button, I kind of feel the same way still. So thanks for giving it a go anyway. Uh, no problem. No problem. I always start by asking everyone who comes on here just, you know, how they're keeping busy during this like mad time. I'm just wondering what you've been up to. Um, I work freelance, so I've, I've managed to uh, pick up some work still. I've still been able to work from home. Uh, so that's, that's been pretty good. I have lost loads of work, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure that will pick up when everything, uh, returns to how, however it's going to return. Yeah. So on the magazine, I'm just wondering kind of what inspired you to start that initially. Oh, the fanzine. I've, I've, uh, I've always run fanzines. Uh, I kind of first came across them when I was at school, really, when I was, uh, a, um, into mod and, and the, the jam and stuff were huge things for me when I was at school. And, uh, yeah, my friend and I heard about them first through, uh, Tony Fletcher's fanzine, Jamming, uh, which we, we saw an article on the TV about, I think. Um, and there seemed to be some suggestion that Paul Weller was involved. So we were, we were kind of super excited about that. And that's maybe the first fanzine I ever saw. And then there was, um, uh, an article in Sounds about some uh, about modding specifically, and it would have been late, early to mid eighties. Um, and I sent off for a couple of those, and uh, yeah, I was just kind of really excited about by them. The fact that you could make your own magazine. Um, yeah, I was studying studying graphic design uh, as soon as I left school, so it was something I was really interested in. Um, so, like I said, we I started. I've always done fanzines throughout throughout the years. Um, the subculture fanzine came about um, when I was I was I was made redundant from my job and I had very little I had lots of time very little yeah. uh, work to do and I started working freelance there's very little work around so uh, I just kind of uh, I'd been getting more back into the kind of, those kind of subculture things that I kind of grew up with I mean I was a teenager in the uh, early eighties and there was just there was just so much about and at school everyone was 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 something or belonged to some kind of yeah. uh, different group, whether it be mod, skinheads or uh the two tone thing was huge for me. Um so that was I kinda of started looking back at at that really. Um and that's how I started doing the zine. Actually originally I was I wanted to do a T shirt brand. Yeah. Um, and the idea of the zine was to it was to do something to give away with a t-shirt, really. Um, um, I did get some t-shirts done, but it's much harder to. I, I, I'm not very good at selling things, so I um, <laughs> uh, I found the, the, the zine really took off. So I kind of concentrated on that. I, mean, I was amazed when I when I, when I did it. I, I think I printed up like a hundred copies of the first one, <clears throat> and I started a little blog and stuff. And I think I think those hundred copies went within like a week. Um, so I was kind of super, super pleased with that really. Uh, and, and the fact that people were interested in something like that. Um, uh, so it's, it's kept going from, from, from then on. Yeah. 
what what subcultures were you involved in yourself? At school, when I was at school, yeah, the first, the first music I got into was was two tone. Um, you know, I saw the specials on. I'm probably on top of the pops. I mean, I think people people forget how kind of that was the program, you know, and and and, uh, and the charts at the time as well. We're, we're we're full of so many different different things. And then later on, people kind of bemoan the charts and stuff. But when I was a kid, there was so much stuff, uh, different stuff uh, that, you, that was in the charts. You know, all the music I, I got into was was in the charts, was on the radio, and you could see on top of the props. So yeah, so that two tone thing was was huge. I'm from the Midlands as well, so that kind of um, it, it seemed kind of it just seemed bizarre that some other people from the Midlands were uh, from Birmingham and Coventry and places like that that, that were nearby were were in bands and, and were on were on TV and, and, and doing this stuff. Um, and then the two tone thing as well because of the that, that indie label kind of thing. I, I know it's attached to, to Chrysalis, a, a, a major, but um, you know just the fact that you could you could you could start a band, you could start a record label. Uh, and then from then on, you know, you could do fanzines and you could actually do your own thing. I, I kind of miss punk. I was just a little bit, uh, too young for punk. So, uh, I kind of, uh, picked up on all those things, uh, later on through, through that. Did you ever get down to the, uh, at Coventry, the, uh, two tone museum they had going? The little... Do you know what? I've never been. <laughs> no, <laughs> nice. It must be like, I'm less than an hour away from where I live. I've never been. I need to get down there. I need yeah. to get down there. It's really small, but it's, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, I went, um, yeah. I think it was last year now. Um, well, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was really good. Obviously, you're extremely uh, knowledgeable on subculture. Anyone who, in my opinion, who reads one of your magazines can kind of learn something. Oh, I certainly have. I just wondered, where, where does that knowledge come from? You know, how have you got so knowledgeable a lot in a multitude of different subcultures, really? Yeah, I just, just reading, just reading. I, um, yeah. Record, records and books are the, are the, the things that I've, been, I've always been interested in. So just, just reading and, uh, and like you say that we, we try and cover like all, all different types of sub- subcultures in the, in the magazine because I'm kind of interested in all. I'm just interested in the fact that people, um, you know, get into something and, and really, and really go for it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say it doesn't really happen as much anymore, but I think, it, I think there's still pockets of it out there. Um, yeah. but yeah, just reading, reading, I'll read, I'll read anything. I read anything about any scene where people were kind of like started it and and uh, you know were excited about it and yeah yeah even like the uh, reading one of the issues and you had some stuff on there about the, uh, the biker gangs in the US which I think again I've always been interested in that but I've never really known that much about it and again like you say you even covered that so yeah I think as well that some of those things are uh, are linked you know they they often uh, you know they they kind of develop certainly certainly with with mod. Uh, you see that develop through through the sixties, the late sixties, the the skinhead thing, and then uh, and then that being revived. And then I, I you know, I kind of I kind of enjoy those those links between things, even things like um, you know, like New York New York gangs from the late seventies, well mid seventies to late seventies, and how that kind of is connected to hip hop and how hip hop started. Uh, and I, I kind of. Uh, it's just that it's just that street thing, really, thing, and how it how it develops and and, and moves on. You know, I really love the uh, poster zines that you did. I know we we mentioned um, collaborating on one of those, which I'd still really like to do. I just wondered if you uh, had any other like new products planned, something a little bit different. Ah, uh, well, we're thinking. I mean, definitely some more of those poster zines. I mean, that was just. I mean, one of the other things about the the fanzine is that it's an excuse for me to be able to do 
different things. And like, yeah, I got, in, I was interested in a risograph printing. So that's how that first kind of poster came about. But yeah, I definitely want to do more of those. And, and like I said, I'm, I will do something that would be great. I really, really want to, uh, <laughs> uh, put something out. I know, um, yeah, so more of those, more of those are planned. And the next issue of the zine that comes out will be issue eight. And I think after that, I'm going to change the format up a little bit on it. I'm going to, I'm going to try and uh, expand it. Uh, maybe at the moment, I'm thinking that the format will be more like a, like a paperback book, maybe like 100 plus pages. Uh, and that will in- also include some kind of photo prints with it and, and a, probably a poster, some kind of poster, some kind of risograph poster. It's kind of a way of, of keeping it interesting for me and to, and to, to kind of push it forward. Yeah. Uh, really. So yeah. So that, that, those are the plans. And are you, um, are you currently printing the stuff, the, these ones yourself now, or is it, do you outsource that at the minute? Oh, I outsource, outsource the printing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 the zines are printed. Um, actually, I'm not sure where they're printed. Uh, down south. <laughs> <laughs> it was the cheapest print I could find. Um, and then, the, and then the, 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 the posters, the, uh, the risk of process, I've, I've got in touch with, um, a company in Nottingham called Dizzy Inc. Uh, and they run a, a printing space there where they do, uh, screen printing and uh, risograph, uh, stuff and, and, and run all kind of workshops. They run a zine, um, thing every year. They run the zine library at the Contemporary News- Museum at, in Nottingham. So kind of hooking up those guys, but it's been really good. And again, see, just seeing their place and seeing what, what you could do, it's just more ideas really for what, what kind of things we could put out or things I could put out. Um, so yeah. So hopefully that yeah that next the issue eight is is pretty much done. Uh, I'm just waiting on a couple of things from people, and I just need to tidy up a few things. It was weird when the lockdown thing happened. It was it was it's kind of it's probably in the same position as it was then. And I, I, it's uh, you know people have got stuff on. I'm interested chasing people to, uh, to get things completed and stuff. But that yeah that one that should happen in the next few weeks really. That issue eight, and then and, I, and I've already started on that. Uh, on that, on that Vault 2 format and then does some design work on it. So yeah, a, I'm kind of quite excited about all that. I reckon you can definitely grow it. I mean, like you said, it already does seem to do pretty well. Like you said, by changing the start, the format slightly, I think you'll definitely uh, game run. Who knows? You might even sell some more clobber, you know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm always, yeah, okay. I sell a t-shirt maybe once every three months and I'm, I'm like, ah, I need to, and they're down at an office space that I rent. So I have to go down and, and root through a load of, uh, junk that is down there now and then and, and dig them out but uh yeah it'd be good it'd be good to get rid of those <laughs> i often find that with people who are really knowledgeable on subculture and things like that i often see that they, they tend to have like an early experience of either obscure music or specific genres was there anything like that you know growing up as a child was was any appearance into music or was it you know anything like that for you no really no there was no there was no real uh, musical influence uh from my parents but like i like I said, the music was just a huge thing for me very early on. Um, you know, I was maybe, I think when that two-tone thing kicked off, I was maybe like 11, 12 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, um, yeah, going out and picking up those records and, and then just really early on with, with, with things like uh, that, you know, I became, my, I guess my kind of, the, the stuff I'm into, it, we were so influenced by that in, in that, you know, anything, anything that's on its, on, on an indie label, you know, it's on, on its own label or any, anything built around a little scene I, I'm interested in. I'm also interested in, uh, music that is kind of tied to the, to the era in which it's made. So again, I think that two-tone thing that was, that was a huge thing with that, with, um, the kind of, uh, political stuff that was going on at the time and, and, and things it talked about. So 
so yeah so that's that's um yeah i just got into records and and just uh i've never i've never stopped buying records you know I mean, on yesterday's podcast, we kind of discussed British subculture and what it's like in modern times. And the lad I had on, he was only like 27, and he seemed to think that British subculture was kind of dead because of the internet and things like that. There's there's <laughs> kind of like no way that anything's going to happen. I just wondered how you felt about that. You know, obviously writing the, the magazine that you write, you must have kind of an opinion on on the modern day and, and the potential for future subcultures. Yeah, I think that um, I think that those things do exist in the same way. I mean, I think those the, those subculture things that we talked about from the past were so heavily kind of tied to music. I mean, you probably still get you probably still get that. I mean, they're, they're kind of, um, if you think about things like, um, I don't know, grime, um, um, dubstep, you know, all, all those things, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of the same thing. They're kind of the same thing. I just think that they, um, everything just seems wider now, doesn't it? People, people seem to be in, Seem to be into more stuff. I mean, I guess it's maybe easier to be into more stuff, but the, 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 they don't seem to be as bothered about being, you know, really driving down into one thing. They'll, they'll listen to, to all sorts of stuff. I mean, my, my kids, you know, they're, they're really into music, but they listen to, they listen to all different kinds of things. Um, in a way that I wouldn't, you know, and, and that would be one of the, one of the downsides of those things. Um, that, you know, people, can become very blinkered and only, only, and they kind of listen to one kind of thing or, um, you know, and think everything else is rubbish. But, um, I've never really been like that. I've never really been like that. Um, like what we said yesterday, it's kind of difficult now to be really different, if you know what I mean. I mean, obviously, I can relate more to football, the casual scene more than anything. And I've kind of, I won't say I've lost interest, but it, it's difficult now to kind of stand out. I mean, especially with the clothing. And I suppose a lot of other subcultures know it, it, it's the same kind of thing. It, it, it's so, accessible now if something's new it isn't going to stay new for very long because of social media absolutely absolutely yeah that would would be the thing these things uh don't get time to kind of uh to grow and to uh develop really they they, they kind of jumped on straight away so there would be probably yeah there are probably quite a few things that you know maybe would it would have been more like those older older subcultures that that we've spoken about but they just like you say they just jumped on straight away and you know I mean, one of the, one of the, one of the things I always, I always, one of the things I write about, uh, I think it was the end of last issue that the fans did, that, that I, I was, I kind of re- got really, into, really interested in Northern Soul in, in the, out of all those things, it was, it was the one that didn't seem to cross over. And when you looked at it, it was kind of, it felt kind of like, it was kind of obvious why, because there was every, everything else, everything else, it kind of gets exploited and, you know, and, and people want to make money off it. And I think with the Northern Soul thing as it, as it was, it was really difficult for people to, to to make money off that because it was so weird. It was so you know the hours it kept were were, were ridiculous. They were outside of normal kind of club and pub hours, um, and there was no records to sell either. It was it was a scene based on old records, so you, you know you couldn't really get uh, new groups coming along and, and kind of. Uh, I mean, there are a couple of examples of people trying to do that, but it just seemed that it, it seemed so insular, and I feel that's why it's it's, it's arguably the Remains the kind of purest, the, the most purest of those those uh, those subcultures. I mean, it's kind of it feels like it's kind of huge now, but even so, I think it's uh, there's just a weirdness about it that that, that uh, almost stops it from being uh, going super mainstream. Uh, Do you still go to any soul events or anything? I don't. I don't. I don't go out much. Now, to be honest with you, I don't go out as nowhere near as much as I used to. Well, at the minute, I don't think anyone is. 
Well, this is that absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> even before that, you know, I I'll, I'll need a chair. If I'm going out, I need a chair. I need I'll, I'll need a chair straight away. I need to sit down and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's quite a few decent events around Manchester and that little underground, you know, younger younger lads trying to reinvent the uh, the Northern Soul scene, you know, in, in small yeah. basement style clubs and nice and dingy. And I've been to a few of those and took a few photographs and stuff for them. And um, it's pretty cool what they had going, you know, really, really good night. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's plenty of good nights uh, across the country. And I think those things are interesting as well. Like you say, younger people get getting involved and doing those. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think some of like I said the lads yesterday they kind of like kind of stepped away from from Northern Soul and went into like different more underground you know like I say trying to reinvent it for a younger generation and I suppose that's a I thought it was quite good that they're trying to do that rather than just trying to relive you know the old style of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's really important. That's really important. I mean one of the I often one of my biggest things about the about the fanzine is that it's just. Um, you know, I don't want it to be kind of like just this retro thing. Some guys, just old guys looking back at, at stuff and uh, and saying, you know, you know, it was much better then. Or, it doesn't definitely partly like that, I guess. But it's, it's not what I. Uh, it, it's not the way I look at those things. I mean, it's, it's interesting. There's not that much music in it, I, and I, that, that might change. I mean, kind of didn't put that much stuff that was specifically about music or about specific groups and stuff. Um, because a lot of the music I, I listen to now isn't, you know, I don't sit and yeah. I'm listening to 60s music all day long or listening to old two-tone singles. You know, I think I'm out occasionally, but, you know, I, I still buy uh, new records and, and stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not that guy who just, you know, it, it, it hasn't ended for me. I, I, there's still new stuff coming out and uh, that, that I'm interested in. So. Have you never been into the scooter scene or anything like that? Scooters I've kind of stayed away from. uh <laughs> I've never really. I don't know why. I think I, I was desperate to get one when I was a kid, and then I just didn't get one. And I didn't. Uh, I don't know. It was a kind of a weird time then. I mean, that's that's another thing. All these things kind of splintered off, and 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 at that time in the maybe mid eighties and stuff, there was a, there was there was a big kind of scooter scene. But they they were all customizing them and chopping them up and, and making these. Uh, Tomorrow's hideous looking, yeah. hideous looking contraptions. And it was kind of scruffy as well. It's not, that, that kind of seems like going scruffy. So I'm kind of more interested in, um, you know, the clothes side of it. It just seemed to be, that seemed to be about, more about, I don't know, going away for the weekend and getting tested on my life. Nothing wrong with, but, um, yeah. My girlfriends, that mum and dad, they're skinheads like they're still into scooters, but it's like I always said to them, you don't go anywhere on a scooter anymore. You just go and get pissed all weekend. <laughs> the scooters are still in the like they've got about five in the uh, the garage and one in kitchen. Like it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere, you know. But um, I can't really say much about that. I've got a Vespa at the minute in the living room, so. <laughs> Was it in bits or? No, no, no. It's it's just sat in my living room. I've I've not I've not been on it for about two years and. I just never get around to it, so and I do miss miss going on it. To be honest with you, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a good friend. My best friend has got a scooter, and he, he still he still goes goes out and stuff and, and meets up with people. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. So, out of everything that you write about, what what would you say kind of is your favourite topic, or what has been your your favourite topics to write about? I think the I think what the the um, the area that I became kind of most interested in was was that uh, was 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 kind of the emergence of skinhead. In the late sixties, uh, and how that seemed to um, come out of mod, and the, but then developed into something else. Um, so yeah, so I think, and, and then of course when that reemerged in the in the eighties, how how um, 
are completely different. It's kind of bastardized version of it as it was on the, on the other side of punk that, that, that had nothing to do with how he's died. Um, and, and, and in actual fact, it felt like the complete opposite of and what it had been about and what people were interested in. So yeah, I kind of like, I really like that, that kind of era. And then it's also an era where you've got, the Skinner thing developed into the 70s and it, and it almost seemed to, as, as, you look at pictures, people's hair kind of got longer and, and the, um, uh, the clothing got less kind of, uh, super smart. Uh, and, and then people, people always talk about things like, uh, the, the film Bronco Bullfrog where the, where the guy starts out when he, with, the, with his crop and braces and, uh, Ben Sherman and by the end of it he's wearing a, a, a flowery shirt with, with, um, Larger, rounded collars, and it, and it, it kind of like that's the way it kind of went. And then that it, it just feels that like that. At that point, it 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 drifted into kind of main kind of mainstream kind of pop look almost. And yeah, it kind of disappeared around then, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting period. The bit that kind of intrigues me the most. Yeah. What about you? When the time of um, when Quadrophenia released, a lot of people said that was one of the triggers for the kind of the mod revival. Would you would you say that kind of was one of the triggers of it? Um, in terms of the mod revival, the, the, ah, well, the, 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 there was a mod revival uh, going on a fair few years prior prior to Quadrophenia coming out, and uh, I mean a lot of people will, will say that that kind of it marked the marked the end of that mod revival, or certainly certainly changed it uh, significantly. But there were there were a number of uh, there, was, there was a real big kind of uh, Band scene going on, uh, just post probably like 78, 79 that with, with, uh, bands like the Chords, the Purple Hearts. Um, and there was, there was quite a, quite a strong kind of individual scene. Again, a scene that was, it was mod that was looking back to mod, but, but influenced by punk. Uh, and that, that became, that became kind of popular and really became its own thing. Um, and then, like I say, Cordofinia came out and it kind of, maybe it's one of those moments where these things get kind of blown over ground and then loads of people get into it and all of a sudden, um, the people who were into it before are no longer interested because too many people are into it or they feel that people kind of, they're just like bandwagon jumpers, I guess. You can get yourself a Parker and some, uh, I don't know, some jam shoes or something at the time. And, uh, and it, it started to, um, Started to change for, for those people who've been interested in it. So that kind of, it's an interesting one. I, I people would say that the, the Quadrophilia thing's interesting because the original album came out maybe like 73. Um, and you could argue that that, when that came out, it came out with a, a, a gatefold sleeve with a beautiful looking booklet, uh, that had shots, uh, recreating a kind of like, uh, the 60s mod world. Uh, with, the, with the, the main guy Jimmy in it, and that became very influential for people, I think, who, who got into mod later on, in, in, into the uh, you know like seventy six, seventy seven. That became super influential for them because it was a bit difficult to get hold of things. I think you know much more difficult than it is now. You know, um, so to, to see pictures and stuff that that was hugely influential. And then the other end of it, like you say, is that when that film came out, that kind of um, Kind of, kind of ended it for for a lot of people. So yeah, it's weird that the way that kind of appears, that album appears at the start of it, and 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 is is there at the end when it, it 
become super widespread and and uh, and people lost interest in it. Yeah, I think the similar thing kind of happened with the football as well. You know, when, when those films came out, like the Football Factory and things like that, and then obviously when that the Firm remake, you noticed that I noticed a lot of kids at the football kind of just appeared, and they were all wearing all the sports gear like on the film. Um, and that that's what started that discussion. It was an older lad who kind of said, "Oh, this this kind of happened with the with Quadrophenia. It kind of triggered this this revival of people who kind of got into it because of the film." And then a few years later, they kind of moved on to something else. And like I say, I think it was very similar with what happened when when the films came out. It kind of, to me, not long after football started feeling less underground. You know, people kind of knew what the clothes clothes were then, especially Stone Island because it was plastered all over that the the football factory film and. <laughs> And then obviously when the uh, the firm was focused around the, the 80s casual sportswear era, so obviously kids then from who'd watched that film, a dog started wearing all that gear, so it was very similar. Um, you know, and I suppose that's just the way it is nowadays, you know. It is. I mean, I think those, those things are interesting. I mean, I, the, the, the casual thing's interesting. It kind of feels, for me, I wasn't really inter- interested or involved in it. It kind of feels with that, because of the brand, that was almost feels like the first time it was things were so heavily kind of uh, about specific brands, which meant that it was kind of really easy to go and to go and get those things. You know, if there's a list of brands that you should be wearing, it's easy to go and kind of uh, and get those. Whereas, whereas the other prior to that, I think the things kind of were developing and around looks, but you could wear like lots of different things with with within. Within those looks, whereas the, um, yeah, that kind of, uh, football casual thing, I, I kind of feel that those brands coming along, it just made it a little bit easier for people maybe to, to jump on it. Um, and like you said, but having said that, you know, the, the thing that did really share with, with things like, uh, mod was the way that it shifted so quickly, you know, and, and, and you would, um, you know, one week something would be in, you know, it was a must thing to have. And then, you know, two weeks later, it was, you know, you wouldn't be seen dead in it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think there's, 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 I kind of enjoy this. There's a good stories so that when I read about the casual thing about people used to sell stuff, you know, people would sell stuff on to like little kids who, you know, they, they couldn't wear it anymore because it, it, it was no longer kind of like what you should be wearing. Then they, they would sell stuff on and these kids would, would eagerly snap it up and, 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 uh, and, and be desperate to get on it, but so yeah, so it kind of moved pretty swiftly, uh, in the same way that maybe like original in the original mod movement that people were just getting into different stuff all the time. I mean, that was the that was the point of it that it was it was it was something new, something new every week, and it, and it was kind of shifting, yeah, uh, albeit slightly, but you know, it was shifting, it was moving forward. I think I suppose mod really and, and skinhead are kind of it's like that's casuals kind of a, a crossover of of those it's in a way I mean that's how I've always yeah. seen it it's kind of a like a combination of, of them both in a, in a lot of ways absolutely I mean the, the, yeah yeah it was just the the, the latest uh, yeah kind of more mod yeah it's definitely more than, um, the looking like someone from the sixties yeah definitely initially I mean I suppose as it went later into the the nineties it, it was more of an aggressive look, skinheads, but I don't know if that was just because a lot of the lads involved have got older, you know what I mean, and they were all bald and that. But... <laughs> it could be. I mean, football was interesting. Football was interesting. It's an interesting one, especially for skinhead, because, you know, again, you hear a lot about people talking about how that was the first time they'd seen skinhead. Uh, you know, people would say it kind of emerged in, in London. Um, but you, you can read a Plenty of stuff where people say, you know, they were, they, they were at the football and the, and, a, and it'll be a London club came up and 
Uh, that was the first time they'd seen skinheads. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into it involved in a, a big debate on the <laughs> casual and uh, terrorist culture and where that started or didn't start. But uh, yeah, certainly, certainly with the skinhead thing, you know, it kind of started in London. And, and like I say, people people saw it on the terraces and it was like, oh, this is a, you know, it's a different looking mob that's turned up, you know, what they're wearing. And uh, it was one way of kind of. Uh, of how those things grew at the time, you know, those things weren't appearing on the TV. They weren't appearing, you know, there was there was no internet. You know, you would just see people wearing stuff. So I think that things like um, football, you know, it was one of the few times people travelled around the country in those times. Yeah, there's a lot of one-upmanship as well amongst the fans, I suppose, when they, you know, some travelled somewhere else. I've read quite a few of the books. I suppose it got quite repetitive, a lot of those books, after a while. But it's always good to hear those stories about fashion um, from the 80s, especially, when there was a lot of one-upmanship and, like you say, the age-old debate of where it all started, who's best dressed, etc., etc. Right, so I suppose um, before we uh, kind of wrap it up, I'd like to, I was going to ask you about the uh, issue eight, which you've briefly mentioned. I just wondered if you could give us a sneaky preview or maybe... Give us um, some hints about what, what that episode is going to feature. Issue 8 will feature, there's an interview with uh, Paul Smiler-Anderson, who is a well-respected uh, kind of mod author. There's been a few books appeared about mod over the, over the last few years. Uh, he put out a book called uh, Mod's The New Religion, which is just just a phenomenal book, really. I mean, it, it, the research he did and the people he spoke to, we hadn't seen before. We hadn't seen before, and he, he collated it all. That's, that's a fantastic book. So, and he's doing, he's actually doing, he's got a new book coming out on, uh, Suede Head, which is a period of, uh, mod moving into kind of skinhead. Uh, so there's an interview with him. Uh, we're hoping to get an interview with, uh, Simon Fain, Sai Chiba, the DJ. Uh, I should give a shout out actually to, he has a, he's had a, um, a show called Echo Chamber on uh, Tokyo Wide Radio, which is, I think he's done, he's done a fair few episodes now. Uh, so that's that's worth checking out. That's, it just plays a lot of great um, soul and funk on on, on that, uh, moving into hip hop and stuff like that. So there's an interview with him, and I'm desperate trying to think what I've written for it. Uh, there's a big, I've written a big piece on uh, kind of DIY and customization with uh, with regards to clothing. Yeah. Um, which 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 looks at um, stuff like pop art influencing the Who in the sixties, uh, and then customizing clothing uh, right up to uh, obviously punk, which um, people were making their own stuff. I mean, that, bringing that back to how I got into all these things, I really like the idea that people that people get into something and they can kind of make it their own, and they, and they can they can kind of make their own stuff and and, and, and make it up. So. Yeah, there's a bunch of book reviews and and then Peter Yakimiak, he's actually give a shout out to Peter, who's been writing uh for the zine since issue two. He's written some stuff on uh he's written some stuff on Ronnie Lane and uh, who were the who were the Italian uh, Panieri? Panieri, the Italian uh kind of version of casuals? Paninaro. Sorry. Yeah, yes, that's it. So he's written a piece on that as well. So that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, so yeah, so that's the stuff that's in uh, in number eight, and then we've got a, like I say that vault two. But I keep calling it vault two. Uh, we'll see. If, we'll see. <laughs> it takes me long enough to get. It, it makes no sense that somebody takes so long to get out a thirty-six page fanzine wants to turn it into a hundred page <laughs> plus book. But uh, I kind of 
I kind of feel if I made it more difficult for myself, I might be able to to uh, to, to get a bit more. Yeah, put some extra pressure on yourself, you know, make, mm. make you uh, make you put a graft on. That's what I need. So I mean, I'll definitely I'll stick some links on here so anyone who's listening obviously doesn't know what your 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 zine's about. They can have a look. I think I, if I were you, I'd definitely get onto the uh, Coventry Music Magazine, especially with um, you coming from the Midlands. I think you know, even if they just stock some of your, your magazines in there, which I think they would. Yeah, definitely. I need, I need to get down there, and then and and that again, like make it making the whole thing bigger. It, it's I just need to find more stuff. So it, so that yeah, that it just gives me a push to go out there and find more stuff to write about and, uh, and look into, and maybe get some more people involved in in, in writing for it. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll definitely get some of those in the issue eight if you want some of those going on our store. And yes, yeah, so I'll just been great. I mean, you supported us for a for a number of years now, Craig. I appreciate that. Send them on your site. I mean, see the thing. I should point. I should point actually. The, the currently, it's we only do three hundred copies, uh, which are all numbered, and and that is something that uh, all those issues are sold out. Now. I have no issues left. Of uh, I just have a couple of issues with it for myself. Um, so yes, I'm thinking that with Bold Two, they might not be numbered because, um, yeah, I get people writing to me all the time. Every time we put out a new issue, people go, "Oh, I want to get the old ones." And it's like, well, they're old. So, so going forward, they they might not be limited. In, Do you not in think that. that's part of the appeal? Or? It, it, it is. It's. Um, I think it is. I think it is. Funnily enough, I, when I first started started doing the zine and, and, and numbered them, it was kind of like a joke. Because I didn't think that I would sell any. I, it was this idea of having like limited edition, only a hundred copies, and and I was convinced that I would be sitting staring at eighty-seven copies for for the next uh, few years. But um, so yeah, we did. We're up to three hundred copies. I think three hundred copies is what we did at the last one, and what we'll do with this one. Um, and there's also I keep thinking, I keep thinking about putting out like a comp, maybe putting out a, a book with them all in, uh, but. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I, I kind of, yeah, I do like the idea that, you know, there was X amount of copies. That's all there is. They're out there and, and you, you can't get it anymore. That kind of appeals to me. Um, well, maybe that you could, every now and again, you could kind of do something like that, a special edition, the old style print and with the, the limited, you know what I mean? And yes, especially yeah. as you grow more, there'll be a, a demand for limited stuff anyway. Absolutely. So, yeah, anyway, thanks for coming on, Mark. It's been great talking to you. Pleasure, Craig. Thanks for inviting me. And thanks for cajoling me into do it because as you, as you mentioned at the start I didn't um, I wasn't sure but uh, yeah it's been good, it's been there's, good. there's a lot of people honestly you'd be surprised it's like um, we had one guy on the other day he was a UFC guy and I was like at the beginning I was saying to him like he's asked me how, how the podcast going I said oh yeah it's, it's, I'm enjoying it I said but it, it's kind of I'm way out of my comfort zone I said I'm normally a pretty quiet person um, and I don't I don't like being centre of attention and I said obviously for you you get in a cage and get punched and fight in front of thousands of people you're probably not bothered he said no 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 I, i'm really nervous um you know I've, i'm a really shy person so it, it, i think a lot of people you'd be surprised it, it's, it's different isn't it you know it's out of your comfort zone like you say if you're not used to it, it, is. it so is. Uh, i think you know i've listened to a few a, a, a few of the episodes that, 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 that have been really good do you think you continue with it after after the lockdown i mean i don't know, i think it was the lockdown that inspired you to do it was it and, but do you think you'll continue with it i'd definitely like to yeah i mean i've had some good guests but it's just whether or not you know when the lockdown if it wasn't for the lockdown, I think I've said it to a few people, it's, I think that's what's kind of got so many good guests on because they'd probably normally be very busy and, you know, yeah. so it's one of those. If, if I can carry on getting interesting people on, then I'd definitely love to continue with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. It's good. So, yeah, yeah. so I say thanks again and 
you know, we'll probably catch up with you again if the, if the podcast is still going after a lockdown and have another chat and see what you're getting up to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, Mark. Thanks very much. See you soon. Take care, mate.